Hello, dear star shines. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Lunchtime Chats. Go ahead and say hi. Let me know you're here. Um, I'll give everybody a minute to get on board. Hello, dear sister Carol. Hey, Sherry. Hi, Beverly. Good to have you guys here. Um, <clears throat> uh, for those of you who are new, my name is Christina and I am a consciousness acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about those topics and issues that are significant for star seeds, way showers, and new paradigm visionaries. We have capacities, we have abilities that are not uh, embraced by our larger human family. Therefore, we have very unique perspectives to the kinds of shenanigans and miracles going on in the world these days. <laughs> so, um, so we're here to talk about those according to the perspective that we can relate to them. And I am here to give a liberated perspective to the best of my ability. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, dear Starshines, please let me know that my sound is coming through okay. Please let me know that the sound is good before I dive in. I'm in a new location today. Um, my dear sister Starshine and I decided to go to another place in the beautiful, beautiful Guatemala mountains. Uh, thank you, Jackie. Uh, and uh, so this is a very interesting place. We're like in between this old, well, no, he's not old, this, this new volcano, and then next to an uh, old volcano. <laughs> and so we're right in the middle of these volcanoes, and it's interesting telluric activity. Um, um, yeah, so we decided to change it up for the very special time of the year. February 1st and 2nd is said to be a, an extremely uh, special corridor that opens for our, you know, opens up for us to acknowledge and create from another uh, level of who we are. So we decided to get out of the city and into the country and voila, that's how I ended up here. Uh, so we have some interesting things to talk about. I've been kind of going back and forth because uh, there's a lot of information that's been coming to me lately about different things and uh, yeah, a lot of it I don't know how to talk about because it, it would um, mean it would mean uh, you know talking about things that are banned on this particular platform. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how this flows. Uh, my entourage is showing up. You guys, go ahead and call on your spirit guides, your entourage to come and listen with you today, and together we will uh, channel. We'll bring in. Channel, I don't know if it's the right word, but we'll bring in um, uh, nesting dolls that will bring in and open nesting dolls of perception and engagements and realities that are uplifting for us, that nurture us, that empower us, and help us navigate our way through these very complicated times that, are, that we're going through right now in our adventure <laughs> of awakening consciousness. So if we all do that, that'll help that will help strengthen the fields for me to um, put them into words and, and talk about it with you guys. So uh, yeah, I'll start, I'll start off with uh, lenses. You know, we have, we have lenses of perception. Now, those of you who've been listening to the chats for many years, you, you may remember there was a time when these um, this, these chats, I would do a, um, a nine dimensional activation. Um, as, as I learned it through um, Barbara Hanclow, where I would activate each of the lenses, talk about the fields, and then we would go into a particular topic that was challenging to the human consciousness, and uh, we would navigate our way to liberation in that. Um, so when I talk about lenses, this means many things. This means how we access these unseen realms and perhaps less engaged realms. So our reality, uh, as you guys know, are, it's, a, it's a combination of many, many nesting dolls coming together to create our here and now. And these lenses are getting added to by certain technologies and certain kinds of um, agendas. And over the equinox, you guys, I, I brought forward this idea that, you know, the medicine is in the poison. The cure 
is in the poison. And this is something necessary for us to go through in order for us to liberate our consciousness and reclaim our sovereignty as infinite beings in a biosuit. This realm is our realm to unfold our consciousness within. And, uh, and you know, part of the game is going through this complexity and finding the truth within the lies, of course, and then navigating and decoding uh, the illusion delusions. So back, so to align us back into what our truth is. And uh, these times are presenting in such a way where, you know, it's, it requires a masterful level of, of ownership of oneself. And you, whether you feel like you're there or not doesn't really matter. The fact is, if you're in a bio suit on this planet and you are able to digest the kind of content that we have here on this channel, you have already come in as a master. You just, you know, the who you think you are just is not aware of that yet. <laughs> so, so when uh, I talk about these lenses and um, we access these fields, just, uh, you know, hold it lightly in as far as, you know, right, wrong, good or bad, fact or fiction and pay attention to how you feel. Are you taking deeper breaths in some areas or other areas kind of challenging? And what's important is that no matter what is happening is that we're present for it because our presence, our centered, calm presence, when we're in the experience of something, that is how we decode it. Okay. This is how we decode it. We go through these pieces here. So earlier this week, was it this yeah, earlier this week, I started on one bead, and the past two days, it totally switched over to a completely different um, bead. But I want to, um, as far as what I want to talk about with you guys, that felt like it was going to be empowering. And there are so many things that I've been approached about in the past several days by you guys. Um, you know, it, I, I'm trying to uh, go to the most succinct pieces to talk about, Okay that will open you up and liberate you. Because like I said, it's all about sovereignty. And, um, and it gets very complex sometimes because there are agendas, there are narratives unfolding in front of us that, that get us in touch with the sense of, um, of hopelessness, the sense of disempowerment, okay? And, it's, it's, uh, and though it may take us to a heavy place, we have it within us to decode it and, and get back into our truth again, okay? Hello, darling. Hello, darling. Oh, so good to see you. Uh, uh, dear Lexi Mooncat and Young Trick Named Jim, welcome. And Tony, good to see you guys. Um, uh, I'll read that comment in a minute. Uh, I just want to finish this thought. So, so what, I'm, what I'm saying with this is that, you know, we're going to, we come across narratives and information and it may be necessary, if it's in front of us, it's necessary for us to decode it with our, within our own system. So there's some crazy narratives around the, um, oh, how do I say it? Oh, well, you guys know, you guys, you know, there's the La Cucaracha dance and the steps that go along with that and the kinds of the aftermath of the Lukukuracha and the jibbity jab dance and the effects of that and the shedding of this and, you know, <laughs> and nano about that. I mean, there's, there's that kind of thing, but I want to, um, that, that is important for us to decode for you and me. It's really important to decode. And I do want to let you guys know that I know people who have fully done those dances that were able to decode them and come back to their sovereignty and mastery. Okay. So I, um, I want to uh, acknowledge that for you guys. So you know that there is a way it has been done and more and more are doing it. Okay. I know I'm kind of talking in code. Hopefully you guys just understand what I mean. Um, you've been listening to, I'm sure other uh, people talk and, and, um, and we all kind of like allude to these pieces because they're kind of, they're forbidden to be spoken of on um, public channels like YouTube and other, and other platforms. Um, but I want to back up a little bit and take us back to a core lens that has been distorted for humanity on a, on a, on a mass scale. And it's using a particular discipline that I enjoy and I've enjoy, enjoyed 
most of my life. And that is astrology. Yeah, so I'm going to take it back to that because there was a there was a I, an idea that I was introduced to uh, last what, time runs together maybe it was last week or the week before that really you know it's like huh it made me go you know, you know <laughs> I was thinking about it like wait a minute that that makes sense but it contradicts everything I thought I knew <laughs> you know so I love those kinds of thought forms because it gives me an opportunity to re look at what I thought I knew, why I thought I knew it from a completely different perspective. And in that, I woke up to another level of distortion. And and in this case, with astrology, it's a lens that distorts our access to the Akashic field. And this is important because uh, we're waking up out of the sleep that we've been in around what our uh, existence is about in the realm of the Pachamama, you know, what it means when people say waking up to 4D, 5D, all this stuff. Now, those words for me never really quite worked, but I do understand why they're used. So sometimes I reference them. Okay. So, um, so I'm going to talk, use some of that language uh, today uh, in, in reference to this astrology piece that has, it's been in the back of my mind. And then um, our dear sister Starshine, our resident astrologer in the Academy, Ray Ellen, um, made mention of her waking up to a whole nother level of something. And it, and it struck her so strongly that she's completely changing everything, how she's ever looked at astrology. Now she does, now she does amazing readings. I, I, several of you have had read, readings with her. She does readings, um, you know, traditional astrology, like as in Western astrology, and then she does Vedic astrology, and then she does Starseed Origins. And through the working of the Starseed Origins, she is, or her higher self is re-educating her um, on how to use a new lens. And that whole, that internal teaching has reached critical mass within, and now she's ready to throw everything out that she thought she knew. And she's been practicing this for more than 50 years, <laughs> okay, and, and come at it in a completely different way. And I'm so glad that she said this out loud because I have been in a similar vein um, with the stop form that I'm talking about that I was introduced to. And what I mean by this is, um, what I mean by this is, is our astrology wheel. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about Pluto and Aquarius, right? And I was listening to um, some guys talk about other times in history when Pluto was going through Aquarius and the kinds of innovations that came. And what I learned in that is that, you know, it wasn't until uh, I think it was the early 1000s AD that houses were being introduced into um, astrology, which I found interesting. Um, and then they started talking about other innovations. And, and then I realized that this whole thing that we're talking about and studying is humanity's exploration and decoding of a, an overlay, an overlay based on a narrative that's not actually in a core truth. It's a narrative that's agreed upon on some of these interdimensional nesting dolls, the beings of these interdimensional nesting dolls, but it's not a core truth as in it's not something that radiates from the cosmic core of who we are in these biosuits. And humanity has been working at decoding this for many thousands of years. And this is what really got me thinking like, okay, okay, because like, I can tell when I'm onto something because something inside gets excited, like, ooh, we're about to have a breakthrough, you know? <laughs> and and uh, the thought form that came up for me was, um, all right, so I'm, I'm spending this time in Guatemala with a dear sister, Starshine, and she listens to different channels and shares things with me. One of them was um, a woman in New Hampshire. No, 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 she's in Vermont. Um, oh, shoot, now I can't remember her name. That's so bad. Oh. Lolita, that's her name. And uh, she uses a completely different system of astrology. And I watched one of the videos with my, with my friend and she explained the kinds of astrology that she uses. She didn't name it, but I started um, doing a little research and it's called Hellenic. It's, it's based on Helena, right? Um, and what this is, it's a form of astrology where the chart is completely flipped 
around. Now, those of you guys who know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about that astrological wheel. If you ever had a birth chart done in Western astrology, there's a wheel and the, the rising sign is considered where the horizon was pointing when you were born. And the wheel starts from that, from that sign and goes around. And each house in that wheel is supposed to indicate an area of your life where you're explore, exploring. And so the, that's one method. That's the tropical method. But there's other methods where the zero degrees Aries starts wherever your, the beginning of your chart is. So no matter what time you were born, uh, the chart always begins with zero degree Aries. So that means your consciousness evolution starts with the energy of Aries. Now, Aries is also the um the spring equinox energy this is where life just explodes forward and and on a deep subconscious level what that particular lens is implanting in us is that as soon as we're born we are we are born into the explosive fire energy and with the hellenistic um chart it's completely reversed the chart starts with cancer. So when you're born, you don't leave the, the waters of the mother right away. You spend some time in the waters of the mother. <laughs> and then as you uh, are um, surrounded and, um, what's that word, calibrated by the sacred waters of the mother, the nurturing waters of the mother, you go on to the next stage of matura maturation, which is uh, seeing your reflection, which is Gemini. So, and, and that keeps going all the way around the chart. Now, these are three different kinds of astrology that I just tied into this one idea. And, and if you sink into the feeling of your body to this thought that we are facing right now in this, in this reality, a lot of challenging narratives. People are learning through suffering. People first have to suffer before they're motivated to decode and get themselves out of it. And this is a reality that is, I feel like, old paradigm. And I've always felt like this is an old paradigm reality, but I, I really, I had to learn a lot about suffering and read a lot about um, how different um, spiritual mastery disciplines look at suffering. And what I realized is that the whole evolution is sabotaged by instantly going into that Aries energy. It's like it's being born and now it's spring. <laughs> it's like, no, you're born and you're born as a very fragile, fragile being that needs lots of love and nurturing, right, by the mother. So it's like you're still kind of a seed that, that's getting planted into the ground. And that feels like a much more loving, nurturing way to bring us into this reality, okay? So um, believe it or not, this does tie into all that other, those other narratives that I was saying, but <laughs> it's going to take me a little while to tie it all together. So, so that got me to thinking because one of our conversations in Light Body has been, you know, decoding the difference in these astrology, um, uh, disciplines of astrology. So you have Vedic astrology, and this is where um, everything is, uh, everything is 23 degrees um, earlier than how tropical astrology is. And then Ray Ellen comes forward with this new way of new to her way of looking at astrology, where it uses the actual locations of these regions of um, star map rather than the calculated ones. And in my mind, for the longest time, I had a misperception. I thought that tropical astrology was the calculated uh, uh, locations and that Vedic astrology was the, was the actual locations, but that's not true. Those are also calculated. That's news to me. I never knew that before. So, um, so when I was introduced to this Hellenistic idea of astrology, I was like, okay, okay. What I'm recognizing is that this lens this astrology truly is a lens to the upper realm, which is that realm of that next realm outside the 4D, which is the fifth, the, the fifth dimensional field of creation of, um, you know, it's, it's creating with pure desire. We can say it like that. And this is the realm that is in through uh, 
wisdom teachings has been held, the integrity of it has been held in place by certain Palladian consciousness. And this is why we have the seven sisters that are so, so um, uh, prevalent in our ancient mythology. They're, these seven sisters are the Palladian sisters. And there's a lot of sacred um, mother, sacred sisterhoods that, that, that come from those teachings. But then there are, you know, other stories that are layered on top of that, because in our mythology, the seven sisters have always had a conflict with the patriarchy. Like there was always a, a chasing of them, a an, an intent to defile them. And they were always, you know, trying to find or faced with having to find their place um, and keeping their innocence, keeping their purity and not being very successful. And I, I feel like what this is all telling us, it's giving us this, um, it's giving us this, uh, upon entry into this reality, a distorted lens to access our purpose, to access the truth of why we're here. Okay. So there is a distortion that's very, very prevalent within the 4D field the inserts in our subconscious that we come here to suffer. We come here to learn through suffering or we come here to learn like it's, this is a really challenging college of, of life and we have to learn what we have to learn in order to earn our merit to graduate to a next level. And what I'm realizing is that that's actually, that's actually a distortion. And this 4D, and I'm so glad to recognize this because this is a 4D distortion that, that corrupts our access to these higher dimensional realities. Okay, so. Okay, hold on. I'm hitting a lot of interference here. Uh, it's, it's difficult to, to get to that next point I was going towards. All right. Well, this is where I'm going to sit and wait uh, and see what happens. Uh, we'll wait for things to line up so I can keep moving forward with this. I feel like this is a major breakthrough for star seeds in their consciousness. So that's why I want to talk about it with you guys so we can, uh, you know, face these challenges in the way that we need to um, without, you know, you know, without the need of going through immense suffering in order to earn our honor, to earn our merit, that, because that's, that is not the bigger truth. We, we are here with a purpose as in our soul has a purpose to incarnate, but the purpose to incarnate is not to come and suffer and it's not to come and be in battle, right? Because Aries is um, ruled by Mars, which is what we in our mythology tells us is the God of war. And this is a, um, a program that's running. It's not the deeper truth. We are infinitely loved by the Pachamama. We, this realm initially was intended to, bring, to be a place of nurturing, of creativity and magic and beauty, and to explore our infinite nature by our, through our creativity. And this is the frequencies of Lumeria, right? So, um, yeah. All right. I'm going to pause right there and I'm going to check out some of these chats, some of these comments we got going on. All right. All right. I remember the 90 deck after the first couple dozen times I've started skipping it. <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm very grateful. I know. Well, see, I stopped doing that because there was, there was important things to talk about and the activation would take up like, you know, half hour, 45 minutes. And then I'd only have a few more minutes to talk about it. Um, but now, you know, I'm able to transmit that energy and activate it within all the listeners without going through all that mental, mental part of it. All right. Then we have the Kuka. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Megu <laughs> okay. Megu uh, he says, me gusta la Kuka. Um, it has uh, brought us all closer together yet ripped apart. I love La Cuca and what it has offered humanity. Well, thank you for that. That's a very, that's a wonderful way to look at it. Um, the astrology that the elites use for the rituals is the tropical. Um, oh, is that so? Okay. Okay. Then we have tropical chart is the only chart that the elites use for their rituals. Makes me wonder what they 
what they know that they don't want others to know. Okay, thank you for that. That's that's the piece that I wanted. Hello, dear sister Starshine. I don't know how to unshow the feature these. Okay, thank you for that. Right. So the elites use the tropical because they are reinforcing the false overlay with the rituals. They are reinforcing the false overlay of um, mankind being a warrior race. We are not a warrior race. We never have been, but there's a consciousness, a warrior consciousness that has infiltrated our reality many thousands of years ago and, and implants their value system in our collective field. Now you guys got to understand that collective fields, what they are very potent, even though you can't see them, they are very, very potent in influencing us in our daily lives. Um, and actually a great example is something called hell, right? Going to hell. They're actually, because they're so, that was invented by, um, I think, I can't remember the name of the, um, of the monk, but he wrote Dante's Inferno which was describing all the hells that a man goes through or that he went through um, in, in relationship to a forbidden love. So that, that book was the foundation for the seeding of a hell realm. And up until that, the writing of that book, that, you know, hell realm didn't exist in the teachings of Christianity. But because so many people invested their energy in it and so many sorcerers and uh, ceremonialists banned people to a place called hell, fire and brimstone, because it was activated and held in place and fed for so many thousands of years by people, it became an actual realm in the 4D field that souls go to or get sent to or get fragmented to, you know? So, so that, that explains just how powerful the 4D field is for humanity. We are multidimensional beings. And because the 4D field has been distorted as strongly as it has, we're blind to a lot of so many other vast levels of our own consciousness, which means because we're blinded, we can be controlled. We can be told this is what it is. And then we behave that way. Um, and, you know, this is, this is also happening within all, all these other methods that are taught in our mystery schools. You know, mystery schools were infiltrated all the way back from the time of Atlantis. If you guys remember some of the stories of Atlantis, that there were mysteries, there were priestesshoods that um, abused the technology. They abused their power. What does it mean to abuse technology and power? It means to take action against life. Okay, take action against love. That means um, feeding off innocence, uh, taking advantage of innocence, um, exacting power over others. Okay, exacting power over others versus exacting power over, over oneself. Okay, inside. When you exercise internal power, you're you are not taking you are not exerting your control over anything outside of you you are exercising your power discipline wisdom within you and in that you become very potent and a powerful being in this reality so these overlays are held in place by lots of forces that have been reinforced over many thousands of years and i was given this figure actually i just heard this figure today where a woman said that over 8 million children come up missing every year worldwide. And there is a narrative out there that those children are used in these ceremonies. And so just, just gives you an idea of the level of life force energy that goes into holding these lenses in place. Okay. And now we have the, the aftermaths of the Lukukaracha, and then we have the self replicating nanites and blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, I will probably talk about that more in our closed circles because there, it, it is a real thing that can trip people up. But I won't talk about that here. Uh, um, but what I want to say about this is that, you know, all of these overlays are meant to keep us confused so we don't step into our power and do the real work, which is, look, everything is within ourselves and Pluto, Pluto is, is a brilliant, brilliant energy. The um, god of the underworld, we might say, also known as Hermes. 
in different mythologies, the god of the underworld presents in different ways. Some people, in, or in some mythology, Hermes is this beautiful, benevolent, angelic being. In other mythologies, um, it's um, Hades, who is this jealous brother that lost his battle with Zeus and now is ban you know, banned to caretaking the underworld. In some of the indigenous teachings, we have Huascar. Huascar was betrayed twin brother that also um, fell to the underworld and is um, tasked with taking care of all the energies of this underworld. And in Maya mythology, you know, everything starts from within the underworld. <laughs> so, so there's, there's a lot of stories that are out there that we haven't fully integrated to come in right relationship to really what is it to have empowered command of our own underworld. Okay. And uh, in, in many ways, you know, it can be looked at as your own telluric health, the telluric intelligence of your biosuit. Okay. So waking up doesn't mean just becoming aware. Waking up means taking responsibility for yourself, taking responsibility for your health, taking responsibility for your um, mental and emotional spiritual wellness. Okay. So that means discerning how you spend your energy, discerning how you feed your biosuit, discerning how you feed your intellect, how you feed your emotional field, how you feed your spiritual okay so so waking up is the the only the beginning <laughs> of the bigger work and in order to take responsibility for yourselves on all these levels it is it's a it's a lifelong it's a lifelong task because you're unweaving yourself from all of these illusions delusions working with your ancestors is a key component to empowering yourself to unweave your consciousness from these uh, these nesting dolls that are illusions that are that are completely that are lies lies as in they do they are not emanating the truth of your cosmic self. Hello, welcome, welcome, good to see you, dear Ella. So um, you know this is this is a really big thing uh, to in a lot of ways it's a game changer. Because once we recognize that these are fields of consciousness, these narratives, these different pieces are fields of consciousness that are already set up to skew us from our cosmic truth. I mean, in a lot of ways, you can simplify it and just say, just be present, right? But that too is confusing to people when they're fragmented inside because they're the, the the they're focused on this kind of presence versus the internal presence you know internal presence means you are not giving your energy away you treasure your energy you value how you spend your energy you value how you invest yourself into things you are honoring yourself you are connected into this deep sense of interconnectedness and also, you are deeply in touch with this aspect of being supported by your star mother, your star father. This is a teaching that I worked with many years ago, and it comes back over and over again. Our star heritage, it may sound like it's up there, but there's DNA, of course, that's connected with this heritage, but I'm talking about the, the consciousness part of the heritage. There are very, we are highly developed beings. We are masterful quantum beings that are here in this reality to decode it and to reclaim this realm for Cosmic Mother. That's, a, that's the way I can say it, okay? And Cosmic Mother is the force that nurtures all life. All life is sacred in the, um, in the reality of Cosmic Mother. So, we are masterful beings. So when we are getting in contact and feel fully supported by our star parents, okay, this, these are, this is like our connection to our divine self. We've, we've never been given up. We've never been uh, left for the wolves. We have been, we have been surrounded and, and um, what do you call it, swaddled by their consciousness. But because of that 4D field distortion, we experience being disconnected, being abandoned, being betrayed, you know, all these stories. And these stories are told to us at all these different angles. 
and they elicit an emotional charge, which keeps us more blinded. Okay. So this is all, this is, this is all about decoding that 4D field so we can have a natural flow of these higher aspects of who we are to flow into our being and give us strength. Calling and working with our ancestors is a major piece to the puzzle. And I've been talking about this a lot over the chats over all summer long, <laughs> you know, all through the winter, you, you know, because it is important because every time, every time we call on our ancestors, we strengthen them. So if you're calling on them and praying for them and doing healing for them every day, every day you're doing something to strengthen your ancestry, you strengthen the power of your ancestors, strengthen the supportive forces in the unseen realms for you in your enfoldment. Okay. So the telluric realm, the elemental realm are, are major allies. The stronger we connect with this elemental realm, which also connects with ancestors, the easier it is to decode these, these um, inceptions, okay? And I'm calling it an inception because it really is that unless we're very highly aware. And what do I mean by that? So do you guys actually remember that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio called Inception? Have you guys ever seen that movie? It's a brilliant movie. Whoever were the producers, or whoever was part of the writing, they were very, very well in the know. And what this was, was that people were working on conscious dreaming and they were meeting each other in the dream realm to influence as, as like kind of like a, an act of espionage. And they would meet others that had the skill of um, conscious dreaming and they would get together in a t in, as a team within the dream of somebody else. And they would plant ideas through the dream realm in the subconscious of the person. So that person would have an idea and take action of it on it as if they think it's their own idea, but really it was part of their agenda. <laughs> okay. It's, it's brilliantly, the story is brilliantly done and masterfully told, but this is what's happening. This, that was a major tell to what's actually happening these days these stories, this astrology, these ceremonies, these fields are infiltrating our subconscious and our, our dream levels. And we actually think it's us. And then we start either working it as if it's us or, uh, you know, investing a lot of energy as if it's us, but it's actually not us. It's there purposely to grab our attention and drain our life force energy. So we will focus our life force energy into decoding this endless rabbit hole that has no end. Okay. So this is important because we create from our dream levels, how we manifest things in this reality, how we birth things into this reality, including bringing souls into this reality to give birth to, all happens in the dream world first. And if we understand that our dream realm can be infiltrated, we will now have another level of exercise, another level of discernment when we're working our dreams, when we're doing dream work. And this is why we don't care about analyzing dreams in the Dreamtime Healing Project, because that is an endless rabbit hole of understanding the subconscious. I mean, understanding can get you so far, but it doesn't actually change your reality. It just tells you how your behavior is in the matrix. It doesn't actually give you the gift of the encodements of how to completely exit your energy out of the matrix and, and reinvest that energy into your own creations. You, you see what I mean? They're very, very, they're very different things. Oh, okay. Yeah. Beverly says Inception is one of her top three favorite movies. Yes. It's excellent. 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 All right. Let's go back to Ella. It says, so funny today I had my um, Akashic record re reading and clearing in Lemuria and my connection with it came up. Yes, 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 yes. Awesome. I feel that Lumeria as energy consciousness becoming more potent. Yes. Yes, it is. All right. 
So humanity is slated to wake up. Life is slated to wake up. And then, of course, we have this um, nefarious group that doesn't want that to happen. Now, this nefarious group is extremely sophisticated and have, has lots and lots and lots of practice. And they have the benefit of knowing us better than we do. <laughs> okay? So... They know how to, you know, you know the, uh, those agendas know how to play on our weaknesses. They know all the little things, all these little nuances. That's, it's up to us to decode our relationship to this and come into right relationship so we are empowered, so we understand where our empowerment is, so we understand what cognitive sovereignty is, so, you know, and what we need personally to, to um, maintain cognitive sovereignty. And this is part of what the um, it, what's really important for us to understand the uses of AI. Wow, man, those oh, all right. There's turkey vultures coming very, very, very close. <laughs> They're like, oh my gosh, there's five of them, six of them. Wow, wow. They're just circling outside this. Oh, here. I wonder if I can show this to you. It might be too bright. Can you guys see them flying? Oh, you can't. It's too bright. Oh, you can see them a little bit. These these guys are huge, and they're right. Oh my! Well, okay. One one is just about to land on the banister here. That's so cool. Thank you guys. Um, yeah, I got distracted. Let me get back. All right. So, cognitive sovereignty. That's it. So the bar is getting lifted higher and higher and higher. And we need to be taking responsibility for our health and wellness. And what that means is getting more, that, that is getting more and more lifted. Now, it's interesting because you might feel like it gets making things more complicated, but the solution means becoming a lot more simple, <laughs> you know, like um, eating simple foods, uh, you know, um, looking for homegrown, homegrown uh, vegetables, um, holistically health, um, raised animals, stuff like this, you know, it's like, you know, cleaning up our relationship to the life that Pachamama creates and how we live from that is part of us moving into our sovereignty. Yes, yeah, I'm avoiding talking about this one thing because it's, it's, it's hard to talk about without mentioning it directly. Okay, so I'm going to talk about self-replicating nanite technology. This is a real thing. And we discovered this not long after La Cucaracha, came, uh, La Cucaracha um, happened was um, one of our people ended up, um, through various reasons, ended up um, accepting the, um, the steps of the Jibbity Jab. And what we did was it, we immediately went into tracking and, and clearing energetically and all this stuff. And what we discovered was that there was something replicating and creating a holographic replica of the earth and what it means to ground into earth energy. And this was something that really blew us away because we're like, whoa, that is, I mean, it, this, I mean, we track in groups for a reason because we all have perspectives and everybody has their own blind spots. But when you get a community of people tracking into energy, you get a more complete picture. So we were blown away because we found that we're just like, this is really advanced stuff, you know. Um, but it was easy enough to dissolve. We dissolve it with the frequency of truth of our, of our cosmic radiance. It just dissolves right through it and that hologram melts away and then the mechanisms creating the hologram also um, disassemble and no longer have, um, you know, they no longer can come back together. You know, it's like we reverse the poles, so to speak, and now instead of magnetizing towards each other, it reverses. Now, this, this, this happened in um, early 2021. So there's more mature levels of that presenting itself. And, and this, is what I, um, this is why I'm telling you guys about this distortion so you can start looking at things differently. Our value system is the way we navigate. So you need to look at one, like what Dear Brother Starsign said, you know, there are narratives that are bringing people close together and there are narratives, that same narrative are also tearing people apart. So it's up to us to alchemize how do we unite and unify with the narrative within the face of that narrative that's creating that intense polarity, right? 
How do we unify? There's that. And the big thing is truth. I mean, the, 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 the sword that cuts it through is truth. If, what, if people can accept the truth, then, you know, we, we can unite around that. The next thing is, whatever the narrative is, if it's causing you to dehumanize another group of people, that's telling you you are being manipulated. You're, you're, you are buying into something that's making you give up your humanity, really, and, and dehumanize another person. Maybe that other person is blind. Maybe that other person is ignorant. Whatever the reason is, the fact that we do it is a violation of our own personal value. So that's where we check ourselves. And again, we're faced with going within and alchemizing, alchemizing this piece, okay? And then, it, then it goes even further, the next level of value system, right? Connection. And our interconnectedness is a human need, a human need. Interconnectedness is a deep human need. Our health starts to decline if we are too alienated or too disconnected. Connection literally heals people, okay? Heals people of very serious illnesses, connection. So it's something that we, we need to have in a very high value. So this technology kind of goes both ways. It can facilitate us choosing disconnectedness, but it also can facilitate our connectedness, such as like Zoom meetings with family members and friends. You know, it's like you can still stay connected and feel part of being in their lives because you can see each other, you can talk and all this other stuff. Um, an example of the divisiveness is when someone's really addicted to their device and they'd rather play their video game than, you know, sit and visit with a good friend, you, you know. So, so th there's these, these, um, manipulations that tempt us and it's all around addictions you know we become addicted to the dopamine to the dopamine release that we get from the light in our screens we get addicted to the dopamine release from our uh, narratives that give us outrage we are addicted to um to feeling comfortable right which causes us to avoid things so when we have a clear set of a clear value system set, then that that gives us the measure of when we need to start checking in when we need to look deeper within ourselves to liberate something. Okay, because these deep human values are the way that we navigate through these highly charged narratives and these distortions and these illusions delusions that are happening. And I, I love, I love waking up to this level of the astrology because now I can understand why some people have this perception of, um, of karma, karmic debt. See, when, when I go beyond, when I go beyond the 5D field and even beyond the galactic mind and I get into the more quantum levels of my own aspects, it's like I recognize that karma actually doesn't exist. There's no debt. There's no karmic debt in, on those levels of who we are. So that got me wondering, like, well, where does that karmic idea start coming? What, at what nesting doll of, our, of my existence does this karma thing start coming? And when I started doing that, I actually started um, shattering the wheels of karma in my own energy field until eventually, no matter where I looked, karma didn't exist. And for the longest time, I found that very confusing. But then I realized, you know, I there was a decoding that happened, and that's no longer what my what, what my my being is enslaved to. Causality is a thing, but karma, the idea of karma, as in you do a crappy thing here, you're gonna do, you're gonna get crappy, you know, you're gonna get it come back full circle many times over here. Now it does exist for most people because they are in that relationship to the akasha. I was introduced to this idea back in 2000, it was 2007, and I can't remember the man's name. A video was sent to me by Dear Starshine from, um, from Holland, and the, with the question of, you know, uh, you know, can I explain what this guy was talking about? And he was talking about uh, Assyrian implant technology. So this was an etheric implant technology brought from the Syrian consciousness. 
And you guys know Syrians have been in, in, uh, interacting with humanity for a long, long time, particularly in Egypt and in um, Atlantis and other places. There's other stories that go along with the Syrians. But this particular narrative was, you know, the Syrians um, had, this, had this etheric implant technology. And at the time, uh, the government, the shadow government, was experimenting with how to influence and distort Akashic access with these implants. And at the time, this was 2008, guys. So at the time when I saw that video, I was first super triggered because he was talking about some, some other terrible things that were happening to, um, to innocents and to children. So I had to get through all that. But then I realized, you know, um, this is a thing uh, that it is possible. All right. It's not possible to completely infiltrate the Akashic field. But it is possible to distort one's lens to accessing the Akashic field. And when you distort that lens, you know, you are how you see, your experience is how you see things, right? So if they can distort that lens enough, they can, they can keep people's consciousness in the suffering loop, okay? Which creates loosh and life force energy can be fed upon even more, la, 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 la. And... So there's a lot of humans that carry heavy karmic baggage, so to speak. And there's a lot of spiritual teachers that talk about karma because on certain levels it exists. But once you clean up these lenses and you are able to expand beyond that, it doesn't exist. So the trick becomes how do you integrate that aspect of your quantum self in with who you are in as a um, infinite being in this bio suit? Now, that's the big challenge, because in order to embody these energies, parts of your ego driver has to die, has to crash and burn, okay? And what's really cool right now is that the dragons are getting involved with the anchoring of this consciousness. So dragon consciousness is very, very important. You know, I just watched a... Um, uh, a live stream yesterday where uh, the woman was talking about decoding the dragon skull the scrolls, right? Which we all can do. You know, all of you guys here, you know, if you're, if you're able to connect with the things I'm talking about, you guys, you guys have the capacity to do this. And I mean, the live stream was very surface for me, but I have, I've been exposed to the dragon scrolls for many years. And I talk about Elmine. She was the first um, modern day mystic that I know of that she wrote many books. She wrote out the teachings of these dragon scrolls, including the dragon languages, the dragon seals, the sigils, the magic. The, I mean, she wrote many books. <laughs> um, uh, translating all of this um, helps so humans can, can connect with this energy and begin integrating it. And I think her first book around that, I think was in the early 90s. I'm, I'm not sure. She has like 36 some odd books and counting that she writes from the different decodements that she does. She was gifted with the capacity to decode any language in all of the cosmos. So she took that mission to heart and she um, decoded dragon scroll, scrolls, um, unicorn magic, the, the, um, the different fairy realms. So we have we have fey realms of this planet, but then we have fey realms on a cosmic um, celestial level as well. And she did painstaking work, writing out the alphabets, sharing some of their some of the spells, stuff like this. And she also went that extra mile to um, actually the fairies through her went that extra mile to explain the difference between inner circle and outer circle magic. She didn't call it that. She called it something different, but I call it that because that's what we do in light bodies, inner circle magic. And the, the big piece around that is that inner circle magic is a kind of magic that is, does not have the capacity to be abused as in there is no power over dynamic in that kind of magic because it's all within. So if you want to cast a spell about something, to heal something, to know something, whatever, you go within and you draw this, the, the language, whether it be fey language or dragon language or whatever, you draw it inside of yourself 
which even be able to focus enough to do that, right? You're decoding your own, your own resistances, your own distorted lenses inside. Then once you can hold it in your awareness long enough, you've decoded and now you're um, that much deeper into fully integrating more deeply integrating that level of consciousness and then the, that spell is now cast and it's and it's serving you in some way now when i say spells i don't mean like magic spells like when someone has an altar and they're saying incantations and they're doing this kind of thing that's outer circle magic and the thing about outer circle magic is that you can be given the formula of a spell and you could cast it without having the level of consciousness necessary to have true understanding of what you're doing, of what you're casting. And this is how the elites are able to do what they're doing, okay? They have this much understanding, but they are casting, they're doing spell cast that's far, far vaster than that. And in that, they become enslaved themselves, okay? They don't even know it until it's too late because with that is also the wheel of karma because they're anchoring, they're anchoring that distortion into the reality lens here. Therefore, they are tied to it. Okay, so whatever you create in this reality, you need to experience it. So guys, create beauty, create love, create music, create magic. <laughs> so now you can experience that. Okay, this is, this is the essence of it all right there. Oh my gosh, time just flies by. I can't believe it's, it's, I only have two minutes left. All right, let me get to these comments and then I'll start wrapping up. All right, dear sister, uh, Felicia says, so great to be with you all again after a really intense walk with death. I am, I'm really going to live consciously now and so pleased to have moved through this experience. Wow, wow. Question is the city of light within the center of earth. Okay. Yes. Um, how I am going to put a little bit more words to describe that. Yes. So there is this city of light within. And for me, it feels cosmic. And at the very core of the consciousness of what we call Pachamama is the cosmic truth of sacred mother, the sacred cosmic mother. So I would say yes. Yes. Now the challenge is, is to be in that energy, be anchored in that, and now take action from that place, as in create from that place. And as you create from that place, as a visionary, you are weaving magic and beauty into your reality. And of course, it's so much fun to share it with others. So then you're weaving beauty and magic into the reality of yourself and others. Um, and, and that's, you know, what the disempowerment programs want you to do is to forget about that and make choices out of fear and despair. And of course, what does that do? It creates more fear and despair, which you get to experience more of that because you're creating from that space. <laughs> okay. So this is master level, um, living that we're talking about you, me, we are master beings that have incarnated in this bio suit. I'm not saying our ego drivers, master beings, our ego drivers, a spoiled toddler in the um, car seat that thinks it's in charge, but our spirit, our heart, as we decode these pieces and can really be with the true source of everything, which is love, right? Love is that is the, it's like a river of love that everything sprouts from. And if we keep, create with beauty from there, right? That, that is the magic. And that's very powerful. You can heal yourself with that. You can bring healing to others with that. Okay. And then dear sister, uh, Ella says, maybe the question would be more of when will we explore and make contact with them openly? Oh, did I, did I, uh, miss something? Uh, do you mean Lemurians? So, right, openly. We're working towards that. And when I'm, I'm just going to say contact experiences in general. So benevolent interdimensional star people. And it's kind of synonymous with um, our elemental allies, elemental realms. So we have elemental realms, the, the, the um, 
dragons are in there, um, the unicorn people, the fae, the Sasquatch, all these beings have kingdoms within these realms. And we are openly working, we are working at open contact in our, in our collective in Light Body. It takes time because it, it, you know, it goes up against our logical mind, which has been the dominant navigator in this reality for a long time. You know, because we had to raise kids, we needed to be able to, you know, live our day and go according to a schedule, you know, we had to live our lives according to a false clock, and then have all these expectations and values that aren't ours that we needed to meet. And that all required um, left brain, you know, that logic to, to, to navigate. But so it's a matter of unweaving the logic and surrendering into spontaneous flow. And that means recovering our innocence, recovering our purity and shedding the guilt and shame that has been inserted and septed into our ancestry for a very long time. So it takes time to train a human to be available, to be safely in contact with these beings. Okay. And when I say safely, I mean for you as the human and for them, depending on who those beings are. Um, there's a beautiful story I heard recently of a man having a memory of being in, in Egypt and the Syrians came, emerged out of a temple and they were very tall beings and they were shrouded and, uh, and they were escorted into, I think into another temple. It might've been the Sphinx and the, the big, as the priests of the order that were, you know, ushering them into the temple and working with them, it was known, don't look at them. Do not look at them in your, in the eye, whatever you do, don't look at them. And that was partially why they were shrouded. So people wouldn't accidentally gaze upon them. And in his story, in his memory, he realized he looked at them and one of them looked at him back and instantly he became awoke on a certain level that, that, the, uh, his spirit told him, "Like now you are, now you are burdened with, with this, with this opening inside of you. Now it's interesting that's considered burdened, but it is because you're because no one else is awake to that doorway inside. You have to walk that path, feeling you know having no one, no other human to connect with you on that level. So in that way, it's a burden." So these beings, it's a, it's a, it's tenuous. It's a very, it's a very um, sensitive thing to be working with them because waking, you know, doing too much too fast, you can fry your nervous system. You can, you know, um, cause damage to your cognitive capacities. So it's something that you work into very slowly. Yes. And this is why we have beings like Sasquatch and fairies and leprechauns and gnomes, because they have had a lot of experience with humans <laughs> and, and they have a lot of memory with humans. So they have a, um, a very playful way to interact, to open those doorways up inside of us again, in a way that we can still navigate our everyday lives. Okay. So this is, so this is a thing that you're talking about. Um, oh, okay. Loxy Moon says just cleared a home with Sophia Dragon Breath last night. Yes, working with dragon energy is very, very potent. Um, and it's what's cool about working with dragon energy is that you're only able to wield dragon capacities that you yourself have integrated with. Okay, so if you haven't integrated with a with a dragon energy, you're not able to wield the capacity to to use it. So again, the wisdom of inner circle magic. Okay, Felicia says, "Oh no, the fairies and leprechauns saved my life during a plague in the 1500s. They cooked for me and made my home fires. Oh, that's sweet. Yes, yes, yes. In the olden days, they were much more engaging, but they're coming back." And that's one of, all right, I'm going over guys. I'll, I'll close. Uh, I'm closing up with this thought. We are waking up to the capacities we lost from Lumeria because between that Atlantean Lumerian Holocaust, there was this overtake, this power over dynamic that decimated the beings of Lumeria, which were very pure childlike creative consciousness. Okay, it's important that we regain that capacity again so we can merge the realms and turn the realm of the Pachamama back into the Eden, the heaven that it was meant 
to be. Okay. It was not, our reality was not meant to be a place of, of burden and trial and suffering and war and intensity. It wasn't originally in its inception was not intended to be that way. There was an invasion of the Milky Way galaxy and, and we, what we, we call this Orion Wars and the ripple effect of that came to us. And now we are, we are at the threshold of the, of the doorway of the Cosmic Mother. So we are the ones to end the ripple effect of that war and return with the ripple effect of peace, integration, and wholeness, okay? So the breath goes out, and then the breath goes back in, okay? And we are at that last vestige where the buck stops here with us. That's why master beings like us are here. And then we, we give the corrective, the corrective uh, ripple back. Okay. With that... I have to go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for hanging around for this chat. I hope that um, this was something that was empowering and uplifting for you. Um, if you guys want to join us in this exploration with these, uh, with the exospecies and start working the, your energy in such a way to be properly, I would say, um, prepared and empowered way to deal with the um, the openings of these elemental beings and perhaps become an ambassador yourself, I encourage you to check out our Light Body Essentials program. This program is all about uh, giving transmissions and um, giving you good energetic hygiene techniques and ways to manage your energy field so you can be a, um, an empowered sovereign ambassador for these beings, either a human ambassador for the elemental realm or eventually becoming an elemental ambassador for the human realm, depending on, of course, what is in your spirit, what is in your purpose. So that's uh, Light Body Essentials at lightbodyacademy.com. I encourage you to check that out. Um, we have three live sessions a month with that program with that subscription. And of course we have other things that go from there, dream time healing project, stuff like that. But the starting point is that light body is essential. So you can learn to um, take sovereignty and command of your energy, start in, um, digesting encodements to upgrade your light body. And then eventually that next step, which is um, uh, dreaming, Going, stepping into your capacity of dreaming the world into being and stepping into your capacity to have contact with these exospecies that are reaching out to humanity right now to unify with us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Mwah. I love all of you guys, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.